Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers by teachers and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen, your host, a former vet retail teacher, but now innovator with the Technology for Learning team. And I'm lucky enough today to be joined by just one other member of a Technology for Learning team, Linda. Linda is a former school leader and teacher and now statewide STEM changemaker. And Linda, a little birdie tells me you just released another edition of your student-focused STEM magazine, T4L Kids. Hey, Joe, you are right. We most certainly did. But today we have no time for chit-chat as this is not your average episode. This is a special edition all about the how and why of celebrating virtually. We're calling it an excursion, an extra addition to our regular lineup. With Year 6 coming to a close, Year 12 students graduating, we know you are very keen to find a way to celebrate these milestones and bring parents, community members and the whole school into the experience. But luck is on your side as we have a whole load of special guests to help us help you take your celebrations digital. We will get the local perspective from the principal of Sylvania Heights Public School, We'll talk all the tech you might need with our own Papa Tech, Greg Tardiani. We go global by speaking to someone from the other side of the world who has to go through this experience already from Newtown County Schools. Make sure you check out their virtual graduation. There's a link in the show notes. And finally, we'll take a trip out west to a regional New South Wales high school that has really brought their community together online, ensuring that their students remain connected. You're going to like this one, Linda. Well, to begin, we are joined by our own T4L Papa Tech, Greg Tardiani, to take a closer look at what you will need to run a virtual assembly or graduation. So, Greg, welcome. Let's start out. What are the basics? What do you need to get started? Well, keep it as simple as we can. So you can do it with just a laptop if you want. Uh, You might want to add, though, to that a webcam, and that'll be a USB connection to your laptop. And you might want to add a second camera. Again, try and keep it all USB to make it simple on the laptop. That is fantastic. So simple. And if you're doing pre-recorded content, what could you use in your school that you might already have to pre-record content? Again, record it straight to your laptop, but any of the files that you've got with uh, assemblies that you've already done or uh, any features, sporting events that are passed that you want to add to that little um, assembly, you add those in. And you could totally use an iPhone or an iPad more likely that schools have got. That's when you're really, really keeping it simple. And that is a really good camera. Yeah, they're 4K cameras nowadays, so you're getting some really good quality in those. Okay, Greg, now we're set up. I've got my laptop ready. How do I transmit? Do I stream? Do I record? What do I do? Ooh, if you're really new to this, record it because then you can make a few mistakes. But having said that, I actually like mistakes in there. They make it authentic. They make it real. But if you're a little bit conscious and it's the first time you've done it, just record it straight to whatever you've got on your computer. You've got the Adobe products in there as well that you can actually use that are part of the software. Use those. Just any sort of recording that you can do uh, on your device will allow you to record it. Then you can edit it, cut the bits out that you don't want, which I've added in here. So I'm trying to make mistakes that we can cut out. And then you actually end up with a reasonably good quality uh, presentation that you can then post somewhere for everyone to look at it later. Oh, that's fab, isn't it? So you can just upload it to Brightcove, you know, great platform. 
Now, if you're going to be looking at streaming live, you've really got to be looking at preparation. So really prepare everything up. Have some sort of script put together so that everybody knows what they're doing. If you don't have some sort of script, agenda, whatever you want to call it, you're going to get yourself caught out and then it's going to look really silly. And again, don't worry about it. People are going to expect that. But once you've got your streaming sorted out, Brightcove is what we recommend. There are a few others that are available to us. We do recommend the Brightcove product uh, because that allows us to actually stream to quite a large audience that can start to look at it simultaneously. Pick your times, though, that when you're going to actually do your streaming because now we've got the opportunity to do that at any time. It is more convenient for people to be able to look at. If you're streaming it live, also record it so you can watch it later afterwards. Oh, some totally awesome tips there, aren't there, Linda? I tell you. Absolutely. Now, I imagine a lot of schools are feeling nervous about this. What are some of the things they should be checking beforehand? The obvious ones straight away are bandwidth. Can I actually do it? So do a little bit of testing, get all your staff to go home one day and then do a little mock-up at school, see if they're all connecting quite well, if there's any issues. Expect the worst and hope for the best is what you're really looking at with any of these sorts of events. And if you are recording as well as live streaming, if the live stream goes kaput, at least you've got the recording and you can send out a little letter or at the end when people are connecting saying, well, we had a few problems there, the recording will be up, watch the recording later on. These things happen and we can't control everything. So they're the sorts of things that you need to be looking at. Do a dry run to start off with. If you're using multiple cameras, set them up so that you can actually see what you're wanting to present. And you may need to then sort of have some sort of switching system that allows you to switch from one camera to another. You know, if people are out there, you're thinking, oh, I haven't heard of Bright Cove. I don't know what bandwidth is. You can always go and approach your field operations team to support with things like bandwidth and understanding your infrastructure. And there's loads of information on the virtual celebration toolkit to get you started with things like Bright Cove so you can understand what it is. It's it's just like a special version of YouTube is the way I look exactly, at Bright Cove. Exactly, yes. And we could, if you really want to, you can get down and you can use Teams and Zoom. You can use those products that you've been using to broadcast during the COVID crisis. Perfectly. They'll work yeah. as well. Yeah. Teams works well inside your school mm. and Zoom is great if you're getting parents and people exactly, like that connecting yeah. in. So if you want them to do it, go Zoom. If it's just internal, Teams, everything, Brightcove. Absolutely. Yeah, Brightcove is amazing. Now, Greg, it's time to let loose. We want you to geek out. If you could, you know, pimp yeah. the assembly, the, the virtual assembly, what kind of things could people think about to add value? So some of our schools are quite well equipped because they've got filming, studio, uh, projects, uh, subjects that they're running. So they're in the position where they can start to really sort of set up a brilliant system. Looking at two or three cameras, uh, if you're doing this as a live assembly, I'll sort of paint a picture for you here, you would need probably, I'm sort of looking, you might have your staff there for your, your main little uh, official party that will walk in. You want to be able to have a camera that can see the whole stage. You would then want another camera pointing at your lectern where you're going to be doing your basic presentations. That gives you your cameras. Uh, basically a decent or reasonably decent little uh, semi-professional uh, camcorder will do the job. Worst case scenario, a couple of iPads, iPhones, you could get away with those sorts of things as well. And again, webcams could kick in. Connecting it and being able to switch is the next stage so that you need to be able to have some sort of switching. There's some really clever little software switches that allow you to work with it. Or you then start looking at something that's a physical switch that you can connect everything into 
that will give you a single USB out that you can then stream through your laptop. Okay, we'll have some information on that about those. Now, the biggest problem, or hang on, the biggest thing that you really need to look at is audio. Have a look at your microphones. I would suggest you look at lapel mics or lavalier mics that you hook up that are wireless. That way your main presenters don't have to be walking around with a microphone and it makes the whole presentation so much better if they can just have themselves uh, mic'd up, they can be heard. If you can't hear something that is on a video, it is the worst thing. People will switch off straight away. So make sure your audio is really good. There's some great tips and I think start out small. Don't worry about those kind of things if you haven't heard of them before and then draw on your community. So see if you've got an expert that's out there already that might be willing to come and give you a hand. That'll be absolutely fantastic and I can tell you what, a lot of people give Greg a call to find out about these things and I think that what might be someone's doing now. Who are you going to call? You're going to call Greg. Call me up. We'll have a bit of a chat and we'll talk all things filming, gears, geek out, we can go as simple and as difficult as you want. Don't worry, we're not going to give your number away because yeah. I know everyone will give you a Book call. the toolkit for Too that reason. Too many people already know it. Oh, dear. <laughs> but don't worry, everyone. We put some information in the notes to get you started and then don't forget, you know, jump on to EdBuy to do a search for any extra equipment you might need and there are some great external catalogues that Greg was yeah, talking about. Yeah, go into the external catalogues down below when you get into EdBuy and you'll be able to see uh, a number of there that'll handle your AV solutions. Yeah, and even if you just search mic or camera, you'll find some other things that'll exactly. pop up inside the internal yep. catalogues too. Thanks, Greg. You've been a superstar. Very good. I hope that was as helpful for everyone. Uh, and then have some virtual assemblies that really uh, get your information out and make it as normal as possible for your school. Absolutely. Thanks, Celebrate Greg. the awesomeness. So next we thought we would spice things up a little and give you an example of some out-of-the-box thinking from across the globe. And we are lucky enough to be joined by someone from the other side of the big pond, the Pacific Pond, as we are joined by Dr Adam File, Director of Technology and Media Services from Newtown County Schools in Georgia in the United States of America. Welcome, Adam. So what is the weather like on the other side of the world today? It is very hot. <laughs> right now we're clocking in at about uh, 95 degrees here, so it, it, it's smoking here. Um, it, we're, we're in the, the the dog days of summer here in, in south of Georgia. <laughs> we need a really quick translation to Celsius because I don't speak Fahrenheit very well. It must be hot. <laughs> really hot. No, right okay. after I said that, I started thinking, I was like, okay, what's the translation? I, I used to be a science teacher. What is that? <laughs> hot. Exactly. We can define it like that. I like it. Okay. Adam, can you tell us about you and your role, please? Well, as my role of Director of Technology and Media Services, um, I, I have the, the privilege to really do both sides of the house as it relates to technology. I handle what we call the, the wires and the pliers, you know, the stuff behind the walls that people don't see that just makes everything work. But then the other part that I get really excited about also is the instructional uh, technology part, just really getting teachers using the best practices with technology, really uh, broadening our students' horizons on how they're utilizing technology in the classroom. And, and also, I get the uh, media services, so our, our library media center, so the literature, the our library learning commons, our maker spaces, all that falls under my department. So I think I have like one of the best jobs in education because I get to do all the technical stuff and then all the fun stuff and really show students what's possible with the resources we have in our district. So, Adam, I suppose this time has really changed what your role encompasses and we're talking about virtual celebrations here today. Could you tell us about the virtual experience that you crafted and created? 
Oh, wow. Yeah. This one thing about this pandemic, it really created opportunities to think outside the box and really try new solutions because this is a new problem. I mean, I don't know about you, but this is my first pandemic. Uh, I was telling someone, if you were around in the 1918 uh, influenza pandemic, then it's time for you to retire. Uh, but <laughs> we were able to really think about how we could get our families in, involved in our in our end of the year graduation ceremonies, because we know this is one thing that students and families really look forward to. Um, you know, we have some of our students where, unfortunately, but, but unfortunately, they're the first ones in their immediate family to graduate from a, from a high school based on various circumstances. Or this is something that they've struggled through, or they're just really excited and really want to celebrate it. So that was something that we wanted to make sure that our students had the opportunity uh, to utilize um, and really just show and have that moment. And our students they hadn't seen their friends actually since March. And so it was it was months and weeks since they've seen their peers. And so we wanted to have them have that opportunity for them to really showcase themselves and, and get on stage. And so what we were able to do was utilize a live stream and uh, we utilized a few components. We had OBS, which was an open uh, software and probably about three or four cameras and really just live stream it utilizing YouTube. And our families were just so excited to do that um, and, and see that in real time because unfortunately due to social distancing, our students were only able to have a couple of uh, family members in the stands. And we knew our families were very large. And so by doing that, they were able to participate in that experience in real time and not have to watch it on a tape delay. Um, so that was really um, exciting for us. And just seeing the look on the people's face, on their faces as they're watching it just really touched my heart. Hmm. And so in terms of, you know, the logistics of that, can you talk to us about how you planned it and whose skills you used to create such a great resource? Well, one of the things that we had to do, of course, we had to make sure that we had the infrastructure in place. So have a really great uh, network team and they were able to make sure that we had enough uh, bandwidth to, to do the live stream because some of our principals like, oh, yeah, we could do it on live stream just like Facebook. And I had explained to them it's a little bit different doing a live stream on your cell phone uh, on Facebook versus trying to send this out to the, the world and everybody seeing this um, and having multiple camera angles and, and things of that nature. So once we kind of talked through the logistics and figured out uh, what we would need uh, infrastructure-wise to have the connectivity to do that, uh, the next piece was uh, getting the equipment. And we were able to, uh, what we did, we rented um, several of the robotic cameras um, so we actually ran the whole thing with a three-man show. We only had one actual camera that somebody was manning. Wow. The other cameras were the uh, robotic cameras, and we had a control center, and we were just switching from camera one to camera two to camera three. We did a, a dry run of it the night before, um, and uh, once we did that, we knew it was going to work. Um, and we utilized, as I mentioned earlier, YouTube for the the broadcasting of it. And so by utilizing that software or utilizing YouTube, we were able to have anyone uh, view this. And we had one other person to kind of moderate the comments because we had live commentary. We had live comments on, on, uh, on our YouTube because we wanted the people in real time to be able to congratulate someone as they were walking across that stage and have that in the moment uh, feeling versus uh, off offline or somebody having a watch party, we wanted them to be able to say congratulations to their to their family member as they're going across the stage. 
Look, Dr. Dr. Adam, I can tell you I'm listening to you and hearing some really awesome tips for our users as well. It's, you know, number one, make sure you've done some great pre-work. Make sure that you, you know, you've actually had a run through to make sure everything works well. Use existing services. You know, you, you've used YouTube. Our customers would probably use things like Zoom and, and Bright Cove to get things operating. Um, and, you know, really draw upon all those different talents within your school community. I think you've you've drawn out some really amazing uh, tips there. And can I draw on that a bit further? What are some of the lessons that you actually learned as a result of doing your first virtual graduation? Um, One of the things that I think we learned in this process, uh, um, it doesn't have to be really expensive because once we, once we started this path, we were like, Oh my gosh, how can we afford to do something like this? Uh, we even had some of our board members wanted uh, cameras on strings or flying drones around. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 let's calm down. This is the first time. Maybe we can get drones next year. Sounds um, like fun. I'm for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, this is one of those things, once again, as I said, it, it's, it's pretty hot right now. We did learn uh, that having early morning, because we tried to do one in the morning, we did this a total of three different times. So we did one at 8 p.m. on a Friday, uh, 8 a.m., and then we did another one at 8 p.m. that same day. So we realized that that 8 a.m., it was a little too warm, and the kids were a little groggy. <laughs> so, so it took them a while to get warmed up. So one thing uh, that we realized, that we probably want to make sure uh, if we do do something like this again that we do it over over three days and just give the kids some time to wake up and, and really enjoy it but I mean honestly this was one of those experiences where I was it, the the pessimism me was just waiting for something to go wrong I was like okay maybe the kids are doing something crazy on stage maybe we don't need to do it live but they didn't. I mean, it really, they, they were really just happy that we did this. Uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to uh, definitely I have to mention, one of my uh, network in, um, engineers came up to me afterwards and he said, Adam, um, I get so caught up in, as I mentioned, the wires and the pliers and the network. So they don't really get a chance to work with the kids or see the kids during the school day. But he said, seeing the looks on their faces and the smiles and the tears made him realize this is why he does his job. And I was like, you know what? That's worth it. <laughs> now you get it. And not that he didn't, you know, already have it, but seeing that expression on the kids' faces and the and the, the time that we put to put all of this together really made him realize that this is why we had to do it because it was important to our families. It was important to our students. So, you know, my thing is I would encourage anybody who's thinking about doing something like this, go for it because it's definitely about the students. We know drones are maybe a step too far, but where to next for your your work? Well, what our next step that we're actually looking at, uh, we actually were having some conversations about that today and getting to the point where the adults kind of move to the side and really have this produced by our students. And so that we know that we can do this. We do have our video productions courses in our in our school system. So we do have students who have the interest in doing this. And it's about giving them they're giving them those opportunities. So we're looking at, you know, broadening this out outside of our graduation. And we also like live stream our school board meetings. So maybe give the students that experience. And so as we talk about doing this for this upcoming school year, let the students run the whole production. 
have them running the the cameras, have them saying, okay, switch the camera to Zoom. Let me get uh, the transition now. Uh, play the play the music. So all those different things and, and running a production, we definitely want to start transitioning over to the students and put us adults more in a super uh, supervisor role in this process. Oh, look, Dr. Adam, that's exactly what we do with our, our normal assemblies, isn't it? We have an assembly team. So it seems like a really natural transition once we've kind of got control of the situation. I think that sounds like an awesome aim for the future. And, you know, we really want to thank you today, Adam, and, and we encourage our listeners uh, to always go beyond the normal and to go global and find out what's happening all across the world. And we know you've got a podcast and wondering if you wanted to give a little bit of a plug. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I definitely had a, a great opportunity to do a podcast through Future Ready Schools. And uh, our podcast is called uh, Undisrupted. I get a chance to do this podcast with a great friend of mine, uh, Carl Hooker. And we really look at ways that technology can really support everything that we're doing, not only within education, but outside education. And we have fun with it. I mean, we get on there, we crack a few jokes. Uh, and nothing too, nothing too risque. I've still been able to stay employed, uh, but we definitely try to push the envelope as much as possible and have fun and really show people that, you know, all us technology guys, we aren't a bunch of just geeks who don't have social skills. Uh, we definitely want people to understand we're real people too, but yeah, definitely check it out. Undisrupted uh, through Future Ready Schools that we... Uh, um, thank you for letting me plug it on oh, <laughs> your podcast. Here, here. We'll put a link to it in our in our show notes. And uh, I think I speak for all of us, Dr. Adam. Thank you for your time. Your students are so, so lucky to have an innovator like yourself making these amazing experiences possible. And I can tell you, your students and your community are very much in our thoughts. Oh, thank you. And, you know, if I can just say this real quick, um, this is one time in in the world where we're all unified with the same problem and we're all working for the same solution and the same goal. So that's one thing that, I mean, we always look at the, you know, the bad that the situation has caused. And I try to be an optimist. So definitely this uh, pandemic that we're in has given us all a common goal and it brought us closer together. I mean, here it is. I'm this guy sitting in, in Georgia in the United States. States. And I'm, I'm talking to my people way, way across the other side of the pond for me. So, you know, thank you for having me here. And, you know, to, we are stronger together. So, you know, DreamWorks makes the teamwork. So definitely I'm going to be checking in and seeing what y'all are doing over there and seeing what I can borrow and bring into my district as well. Thank you for chatting with us today. Now we're going to venture a little closer to home and hear from some New South Wales teachers and leaders who have already begun to take their assemblies and gatherings online. First, we are fortunate to welcome Clint White, Principal of Sylvania Heights Public School. Welcome Clint and thanks for making the time to be with us today. No problem, Joe. Thank you, absolutely. And first, we have all been taking a peek on your website and seen the amazing on-demand virtual assemblies you and your students have crafted. So for those of us who haven't listened or looked at it yet, tell us about these. What did it look like? Paint a picture for our listeners. Sure. Well, as you know, uh, COVID-19 had a big impact on our school operations and very suddenly we had to... um, uh, look at out the guidelines, safety guidelines, and then evolve what we were doing. And we needed to adapt what we're doing to make sure that uh, we were compliant with what was happening uh, with the public 
public health orders, but also make something that was meaningful for our students and our fortnightly assemblies. They seem the most obvious way to connect um, and celebrate the powerful learning that was happening in our community because that's where our kids were seeing um, the rewards for their learning um, and being recognised in that way. So all our content, whether the live streams or recorded, they sit on our um, our page on our school website, uh, which we call that our video streams. And then we use Brightcove, um, which is one of the department's indoor software, to um, to hold all that content. Each of our assemblies included acknowledgement of country. We had singing of our school song, um, a principal's address, a national anthem, and then awards, raffle draws for student learning prizes. And uh, we also had some form of a student or staff spotlight, and that was either a student-created item or a compilation of student work. And uh, some of our teachers had had um, had done some funny things in their classrooms when they were doing their remote teaching, so we included that. And then profile. Filing um, our staff uh, leadership and our student leadership was really important for us and something that we considered for our assemblies. So depending on what phase that we're in for, um, whether it was student access to school or not, uh, either our executive staff, which is our four assistant principals or one deputy, they recorded content for their homes and they dropped that into SharePoint. Um, well, our student leadership team, um, our students came into school and we recorded the sequence of the introductions. And I was really conscious that our school captains, which is our vice captains and our, um, our, our school captains, who would normally have a very big profile in our school, were not able to have that role. So we actually did a few interviews with them and to call them get to know our leaders. And we use the interviews as student spotlights in our assemblies. In fact, our leadership team of 12, they did a Zoom presentation on wellbeing. And we showcased this the week before that students came back to full-time learning. And the assemblies became really popular where they were streaming into either our classrooms when our kids were uh, at school or into their devices while they're at their homes. How fantastic. Yeah, so I was really inspired after watching your stream um, of videos that you have created. And it looks to me like you are really experienced at this. Was it as easy as you've made it look? Yeah, it was actually. It's very easy. Um, and like, like most learning, the more that you use the platforms, uh, Brightcove and OBS, which is the online broadcasting software, which is free, the easier it became. Um, our Sylvania Heights experience using Brightcove actually began when we had a, an anti-bullying guest speaker come to our school to do a presentation. And we had to limit the number of students who could attend in the hall, but we wanted our students to all uh, hear the anti-bullying messages. So they had to put the had to stay in their classrooms. So our solution was then to live stream the anti-bullying presenter from our school hall through Bright Cove and then put that on our school website. And then all the kids, uh, students in their classrooms hooked up to the school website and then watched the stream. Uh, we use Google Classroom as a tool before remote learning um, and we we're monitoring what was happening in our classrooms and some of the amazing work that the, the kids were doing in remote learning uh, brought tears to my eyes to see the work and the family's contributions to learning during this time. So taking a couple of screenshots and putting that to a little bit of music those sorts of things became parts of our clips for our virtual assembly um, and really brought the connection of our families together uh, during the remote learning time. So iMovie, Brightcove, using the school website service, it was really simple just to get the, the software together 
to then upload and, and stream through our school website. And we've never had as many hits as we've had through remote learning for the virtual assemblies. Clint, this is amazing. So, I mean, you know, people out there might, OBS might be a little bit of a step too far for them just to begin with, but I, I, I told, I've seen your video, I can tell you, on the site that talks about live streaming and how easy you make it look. But if they're just thinking about doing a recording and uploading it to Brightcove, is it really as simple as taking some footage, putting it into iMovie and then uploading it? Is that what the process that you went through? It is so simple. So um, to make the movies, we just used an iPhone 11. Um, importantly, we had that in landscape mode. That's the um, uh, we, we tried a few times in portrait. doesn't work as well. So an iPhone, we used a microphone stand with a bit of blue tack and a clip to hold, the, to hold the iPhone in the right position. And then we used a MacBook with iMovie. And then after we made the movie, we just then exported that as a file. We uploaded it to Brightcove. Um, and then in Brightcove, you've got all your content there. You can schedule the time that it's going to be um, made available. And then the school website service, it's three clicks. You add the school's video component. You click on your school. You click on the video that you want to present and you click on the Brightcove player hit publish and there it's up there ready to go really really simple gosh i love that three clicks and it's done sounds like just what a busy principal needs um technology is one thing but what are some of the other considerations you needed to take into account before live streaming or recording the assemblies yeah, so permission to publish is really essential. So we were able to just make sure in any of the content that we were producing that we made sure that um, students all had permission for that uh, publishing. Um, using the department software, Brightcove and the school website service really gave us assurance that we were uh, being compliant in uh, in this in this area, which was uh, a good peace of mind, and um, the other thing that we need to do is make sure we communicate with our audience and make it simple for them to be able to access the material. So I mean, it's pointless taking the time to create the content without making it easy to hook up. So we would use our school Facebook page uh, to create an event every fortnight, and that then reminded our parents to hook to hook up and, and watch our our material. Um, and we use also school e news to just send out an alert with then a link to the school website. Website. So it became a, it became a big part of the fortnightly calendar uh, while we were doing while we were in remote learning. Oh, awesome is all I can say. And, and I mean, this is getting down to this question, I think, right now, and that is the responses of your parents and the students and your whole community. It sounds like they were pretty enamoured with what you were creating. Yeah, they, they love they love the continuity of the assemblies um, and gold awards, which are a uh, a big part of our student uh, award system, uh, we wanted to continue that so that we could recognise what the students are doing. And so if we were here at school, we'd be recognising great learning, but we are able to recognise great learning that was done remotely. So we took some photos. Well, actually, we used the school photographer photos, the photography company's photos that we then have on a platform. We put those with the, a scan of the Gold Award. Uh, I played our school song, a little bit of piano with some backing music, and that was then a celebration of these students who would normally have this big um, celebration of receiving a, a Gold Award, but we did that through our virtual assemblies, which was really nice. And then our Positive Behaviour for Learning tickets. So we're a PBL school and we uh, we recognise students that are following our fortnightly focus. And we have a barrel draw so, and four classes of the week. So it was really nice when, it, when we were back in phase one when students were here back at school um, for, 
for part of the part of the week that our assembly would be streaming, but you could hear the classes uh, screaming out if there was theirs was the winning class. So it was it was it was really nice. The kids really enjoyed it, and it took a bit of pressure off for our teachers too, actually, that they were able to be part of the assembly. The preparation had been done, but the videos were actually our virtual assemblies were scheduled 24 hours before, so the content was created on the Thursday, uh, scheduled to be pushed out on the Friday, and it was then all ready to go. Fantastic. Now, we all know that an assembly or a graduation is a bit like a stage show, so what are your top tips for when other schools are taking their shows online? Um, I'd suggest that using as much pre-recorded content as possible. So we've got a beautiful acknowledgement of country that's read by an Indigenous students and that's over an animation. Um, so we had that already created. We had our title slides, our intros and our outros, um, and that became the backbone of our assembly template. So um, it went through a few iterations and um, by, by the end of term two, we had a really slick looking assembly where we were keeping the backbone of the template and then just slotting in the new awards and the, um, uh, the new prizes that were delivered. Um, I'd also suggest being prepared to have that equipment tested, set up and ready to go, um, especially the lighting. We didn't use anything fancy but we just played around with moving our lectern into a position where the lighting uh, was not blaring in the in the shot um, as I said we had it ready to go the day before so it was um, it was all pre-ready loaded in bright cove with the um, secret the time sequence ready to shoot that out so that worked well um, and I think the other thing that we learnt was have the camera um, higher than your eye level because it's much more flattering than seeing several chins if the camera's low. So we, all of our student leaders and the teachers and our staff who've done any recording content make sure they've got that camera up a little bit higher so that it's a bit more flattering. Oh, these are golden tips. I think people are going to take these away and totally run with them. But I've heard something yeah, else on the grapevine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we have been hearing some things, Clint, about what your future plans are. Did you want to tell us what's next? Yeah, yeah. We've um, Public speaking is a big part of our term three calendar. Um, and so we can't have parents in the school at this time. So what we're going to do is stream our four stage public speaking finals from our hall using Bright Cove and OBS. So using OBS as the, um, the streaming service into Bright Cove and then having that on the, on the uh, school website. So it's, it's, that's our next stage. We're sort of preparing the presentation day at the end of the year may not be a physical audience. So we're using the public speaking competition as our next step for streaming. Um, and I'm running some professional learning tomorrow for our staff. So we've got 13 keen, interested uh, volunteers who uh, want to delve further into using OBS and Brightcove. Um, and so we're some running some professional learning tomorrow morning. And it was, uh, it was amazing. I was actually looking for, I was helping a principal from another school working with OBS and Brightcove last week. And in preparation for tomorrow's PL, I went onto ITD site and actually found the entire transcript instructions of, of how to do this. So that was really pleasing. So I'm going to use that content that's already on the um, ITD site to be the, um, the basis of tomorrow's professional learning. So signed our staff up for extra accounts within Bright Cove and, and they're ready to go. 
Oh, amazing. And that's actually, we'll make sure we link out to that in our show notes as well. So everyone else who wants to start to think about experimenting with OBS, they've got that chance as well. And I think you were super, super involved in making that a reality. So we want to extend a huge thank you for, for putting that together for everyone out there. And the message, simple, reliable and effective is the message I'm hearing coming loud and clear. Thank you so much, Clint. Not a problem at all. Nice to talk to you. And all the best to both you and your students at Sylvania Heights Public School. Now, we've been focusing in on the more formal experiences that schools would be transitioning to online. But what about the more social events, the informal celebrations that really knit a community together? Well, one school in regional New South Wales sure has pushed the boundaries as they pioneered something a little out of the box. No, it's not a subject selection night or a kindergarten orientation. It is the Lockdown Get Down Billabong High School online disco. Now, I'm starting to move in jig just thinking about it, but today we are lucky enough to be joined by one of the creative brains behind this initiative, Nim Werakun, Deputy Principal of Billabong High School. Nim, welcome and congratulations on an amazing initiative. Hi, Jill. Thank you. Welcome. Hey, so Nim, can we ask you to paint a bit of a picture? What did the lockdown get down online disco look like? Well, to tell the truth, we didn't really know what it was going to look like. Normally we have a disco for our year sevens at the start of the year in the school hall. I'm sure you can picture what that would look like in your head mm-hmm. with disco lights and streamers and, you know, what an old school disco would look like. Um, the secret to behind this disco, though, is we had a really great DJ, Steve. And he was willing to try something crazy. I think that was a secret behind this. So he still did all his DJing from home. And we invited the community via Zoom. Um, we sent out instructions on how you could connect using your computers and TV. Uh, half an hour later, we had students in um, waiting rooms. And um, when at 7 o'clock, DJ Steve came on screen and, <laughs> and did his magic. Wow. Nim, I I was inspired as soon as I even heard about this. Can you tell us what drove you and the team to consider something so innovative? So it was our, it was a brainchild of brainchild of our principal. I I believe we were, we were in remote learning at that phase. He called us up on a Wednesday and the senior exec team and said, let's do this. And, and then we said, well, how can we make it happen? It just seems so crazy, crazy, but um, it really was great. And timing was crucial. Because I think this was, uh, look, this was so long ago, but it was when we were about to come back into that phased model of learning. So all of us had been remote learning and teaching, and and we thought this was a great opportunity to involve the whole community before we come back in those stages. And, you know, we're all social, you know, humans are social animals, and, and we were missing our students, and we just couldn't do it in the traditional way so we had to sort of think outside of the box a little bit and and it was also early times with our technology so you know we'd all gone to google classrooms microsoft teams but we sort of and zoom was new really we weren't really using zoom a lot we were using those other platforms so um that's kind of where it originated from i think and we just all went right we'll go out and get our clothes and our costumes and do a bit of shopping and decorate our rooms and see what this is going to look like it's so fantastic nim now for so many of us this sounds really complicated and potentially a little bit too far for us to 
do it ourselves. So can you tell us about the practicalities and the technology that you and the team use to make this event happen? Oh my gosh, it was like I'm the least technical person in our school. So if I could if I could get on to doing this, then anyone can do it. We'd literally you um just before we again it was timing, I think. So before we went into the remote learning phase um our principal again had this we had this idea where we're going to give out all the school laptops to our students because we knew we didn't know how long it was going to take and all that kind of stuff so every student had a laptop or if they didn't have one we made sure they did we also were able to look at connectivity and you know look into telstra and all of that kind of information because we were going to go remote new times for all of us and then it was simply a matter of sending out those um, using Facebook school. Our school Facebook was the platform of communication at that time, and and everyone uses Facebook. So we sent out a lot of messages through Facebook. We had a sort of makeshift green screen in one of our classrooms. We we you know we don't want to just put something silly out there. So we we got that looking quite professional. And then it was Zoom. It was that was it. Your computer and your TV. And we sent out information again through Facebook on how you can connect to Zoom and how you can get on there. So there really wasn't anything technical, I think, about that. Oh, you took the technology out of it. You made it so easy and so simple for your community. Uh, I think that was that was a real key to your approach. But there's something else that's kind of on the tip of my tongue, Nim, and that is, you know, what was the reaction? What did the students think about the online disco? I think they loved it. You could just see it from their faces, you know, because we were we were all isolated, and then all of a sudden here you got to, you know, you can dance in your own room, you can do whatever you want. Um, initially, it was uh, like any disco; you couldn't get them out of their seats. So when you do a Zoom meeting, you just, you know, you don't see their faces, and you just get their IDs and their initials. So there were a lot of the screen had a lot of that. It was sort of all blanked out, but you knew they were there. But um, Steve, the DJ, he's amazing. He just got them talking and, and you know, the music that he played was obviously relevant to that age group. Um, and then he, um, what was the word for it, where you highlight or you pin a, a person. And so, you know, we were watching and seeing who was, you know, who had the good dance moves. So we, if there was one person or a family doing that, they'd be the main person on the screen. We then had um, in the chat room, there were all the, you know, there was a lot of activity going on in the chat room because that's where they probably felt more comfortable. And then they'd be asking for songs. And, and then it slowly, as the night went on, it just started evolving where everyone just started showing their faces and their crazy moves. So they, they did love it, I think, I would like to think. And now putting my deputy hat on, Nim, I'm wondering if there were any precautions you needed to take to ensure student safety and those privacy matters that often take a lot of time to organise an event like this. Absolutely. I was paranoid. I was saying, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? We're, we're going in on a Friday night into their house. Um, and that was my, like, club. what kind of things are we going to see? And, you know, what are we going to do? And this is live streamed and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the first thing we did is the team sat down and we did a risk assessment like we would do for any activity. And it was about 10 pages long. Um, but we, you know, we covered everything from the the. The, the biggest thing that we did was that we were able to um, work out is you've got to use your DOE email to log in. So that itself um, cut out a lot of you know people just coming in from all over the world, I suppose. Um, and they had to log in with their first name and last name. We had an amazing team of staff who knew all the students and who they were. 
So if there was a name that we didn't recognize, we didn't let them in. We also had um, staff who were in the same room with the DJ um, monitoring everything. And we had staff also looking at um, the various groups of students. And if there was any activity that wasn't appropriate, we, were, we sort of referred to them as our bouncers. They would just delete them. They would just um, get them to leave the meeting. So um, I think that was probably the best thing, using the DOE email account. Wow, virtual bouncers. You have pioneered so many things, Nim, with your team out there. What an amazing effort. Now, a little buddy tells me this is not the only type of experience that you've taken online or are going to take online. What are some of the other initiatives you've got in the pipeline? And I've gone a bit crazy now. I sort of opened a monster here with this whole thing. I mean, we've done the usual, like, we did our graduation, our year 12 graduation. Sorry, um, our captains. We inducted our captains. We did that and we um, did that online. We've done, we've had to do, you know, like you mentioned before, subject selection, year 10 subject selection, year 8 subject selection. But our year 10 one, I think I was quite proud of it because we had our PowerPoints going at the same time. But we also had the head teachers in the little box onto the side talking so you could actually see that face and, and make that connection because, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that we have difficulty, I think, dealing with is not being face-to-face and, and we've got to sort of start thinking of different ways to do that. And we are going to attempt to live stream our Year 12 assembly. We just discussed that today at our wellbeing meeting and we thought we've got the technology, we've brought a couple of we did spend a little bit of money i think it's about four hundred dollars and we got some big microphone that will cut out any background noise so we thought we'll we'll do that and then if we live stream then parents can actually you know see their child graduating because i've got a child in year 12 and i'm not going to be able to see her graduating like i do that is the one thing i will regret from this whole covid is not being able to see that so live streaming it i think that'll be really exciting for us anyway and for parents hopefully Oh, Nim, that's an amazing story of, of really using the, the resources that are supplied by the department, then spending a little bit of money, just what you need, uh, to make the experience just that little bit better uh, and really leveraging all those amazing team members that you've got. And I can tell you uh, we are really inspired here to hear what you've done. But I have, I've jumped online, I've checked out your highlights video and you were rocking the outfit, Nim, I can tell you. <laughs> so I have to get everyone else to jump online and check it out as well. It'll be in our show notes. But before we go, what is your favourite lockdown get down hit? I'd have to say it would be an ABBA. It would be Dancing Queen. <laughs> you know, you can't Woo. go wrong with that one. Uh, I don't think you've got any disagreement from the panel members here. That is for sure. And we want to give a huge shout out to all of the teachers and students at Billabong High School. Thank you, Nim, for sharing this amazing story with us. And um, we certainly wish you and especially all your Year 12 students all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Now, we're almost at the end of this special edition of the podcast and we've asked our puppetech, Greg Tardiani, to come back in so that we can discuss what have we learned throughout this podcast. And let's start with you, Greg. Thanks, Joe. One of the things that you may not know is the expertise within your community, be it the school or whatever. Somebody in there is a camera buff, an audio buff. They play with toys at home. It's a hobby. Source them out, work out where they are and say, can you help? Because more than likely they're going to want to play. Musical societies are another really good area to play with as well because there's somebody in there that geeks out with this sort of gear and you may actually be able to borrow some of the stuff as well. So that's one of the major things. Tap into the resources that you may not know exist. Love it. 
It's a great tip, Greg. I think it's really important that we've learned from all of the speakers today about the importance of a dry run and running a practice session so that when you're doing it, not so much because things will go wrong, but because your nerves will be right up if you've got a parent community ready to watch and things fail. We know for school assemblies at a primary level, we would always get the students to do a walkthrough and practice holding a fate certificate. So why not just take it to the next level, grab some kids, get maybe even get some parents that are really keen to support you to dial in and do a test run with a much smaller number, see how it goes. So then you can go into it super confident. I love both of those tips. What's your tip, Joe? What have you got? Well, you know, I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking, I'm actually a bit scared if I was in a school and I had to do it. But after listening to all these amazing speakers, I now know if I keep it simple, I can do it today, not tomorrow. I can do it today. So that's my tip. Keep it simple and know you can do it. Good policy with everything in a school. Keep it simple. Now, normally this is time as we wrap to give you some homework, but I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already have enough of that. But rest assured, check out the podcast website for one essential quick link with all of the information and resources that we have discussed today, and that is the Virtual Celebration Toolkit, a hub where all the information is stored. As the final bell rings on this podcast, Linda... Greg and myself want to wish you and your students all the best in this tumultuous period. Students, if you can hear us, you are in our thoughts. And whilst this graduation might be like no other before it, it is no less special or less important. In fact, it may be a sign of great things to come. This podcast has been produced by the awesome Jacob Druce with the assistance of Heather Thompson, awesome members of a T4L team, and with a special thanks to our esteemed guests. Stay compassionate, everyone. Thanks for joining us in the virtual staff room.